amen, amen. And I want to say that I am so glad we all get to be online together and get to interact together this way. So thank you, thank you for diving in with us. And if you're visiting or new to us, I, I hope this is a meaningful time for you. But our goal, our hope, our desire is that this would become your church family. And uh, how do we do that? Well, there's a step you can take to actually making that real, and it's called First Step. And so I would love to have you do that with me. And tonight at 8 o'clock, uh, we're going to have a First Step gathering. And so you could go to crossroadschurch.family and uh, click on the First Step, sign up. And when you do and come, when you do and come, we're going to give you a free Crossroads face mask. So, hey, it, by the way, not just one person. Uh, you got a bunch of people in your family. You all come together. We will give all of you face masks. So we'd love to do that as a gift. I'd love to share with you my story and the story at Crossroads and talk about how this can really be your church family. So dive in with us and get a free face mask and love to have you be a part of that. Uh, now, I already know a bunch of you are saying, but I can't make first step or I've already been. What about me? How do I get a face mask? The answer is this. Uh, tomorrow, not today, but tomorrow, go to crossroadschurch.family. Click there. You will find a link so that you can buy a face mask. They're going to be $10. Goes to our food pantry. So you and you also get to bless others, which I think is so cool. So love to have you be a part of that. So uh, first step tonight, 8 o'clock. First step tonight, 8 o'clock. But right now, I want to take the time to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Matter of fact, in the chat, uh, pour it on. Happy Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day. And we want to give you kind of a, a fun thoughts for a mom. Thoughts from moms to moms for a mom. Watch this. My mom is strong. She is just a spitfire. <laughs> she is the queen of the household. Very strong. She's very like confident. She is extremely loving and very giving. Super close to my kids. Um, it's been a little difficult for her right now. She's used to having everybody over for dinners and things. So her not being able to serve other people is hard for her. It's been hard. Um, I work full time. I have two young kids. One is a year and a half. The other is seven. I have a 17 year old, a 15 year old, an eight year old, and a four year old. It feels like work times 10. <laughs> <laughs> It's been interesting dealing with the needs of a baby, essentially, who is out of daycare, he's very high energy. Also, the needs of a, a learning first grader. Let the pigeon stay up late. Lila, what are you doing? Every day I'm finding out, like, new things that are going to work for me. I am not a digital native, so having to learn how to do Zoom and Loom for educators and educate, create, and you name it every day is something new, and even, you know, how to get your camera angle right. And remembering to hit mute. It is hard to, like, not have the freedom. As a person, yes. Say hi. <laughs> This is mom life. So, you know, your kids aren't able to see kids that they're used to seeing all the time. Wow! Levi, all your friends here! Having time to myself, having my work that, you know, refreshes me and keeps me going um, mentally has 
been hard. But you want everyone to stay safe. But then there's those really fun times where like you're pitching a tent in your yard or in your living room. This is like glamping. My oldest uh, taught me how to get on TikTok and I've kind of gotten addicted. <laughs> what? So good. What are we going to do today? Eggs. Dear mom, it's okay if things don't go as planned. <laughs> Link arms with other moms, even if it's virtually. Give yourself grace. Give yourself some grace. On those days when you feel down, just take a break. First of all, give yourself a break. Your kids are resilient. They're gonna remember that mom made them feel safe and mom was a safe place for them to go to. Make those moments count. Let's take advantage of each day. Keep it sane while doing all this. If someone does reach out to you, it's praying for them. And lift one another up. It's okay if the day doesn't go as planned. Tomorrow's another day. She told me the other day, we have to thank the Lord for COVID-19 because there's something we all gonna learn from it. <laughs> okay, I love that. I love the video. Uh, and I love that idea. Hey, there's something we're going to learn from it. And I want to get to that in a few minutes. But again, happy Mother's Day. Interestingly, there's been some studies done recently on how this crisis is affecting people. And I'd like to know if you're in on this because uh, what they found is three things are happening to people during this time uh, being disoriented because of the coronavirus or the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, the first is they're finding many, many people are reporting that they're having uh, an inability to concentrate. Uh, it's harder to concentrate. Is that any of you? Uh, are you right now having a harder time concentrating? Uh, if so, uh, let us know in the chat uh, and, and we'd like to know that. So that's the first thing. The second thing they found is this, is that uh, many people said, I'm having a hard time remembering things like where I left something or where something is or, or, or what I was supposed to do next. And, and, and so people are actually saying, you know, it's affecting my ability to remember things. Uh, if that's you, put it in the chat. We want to know. Also, the third one's this, uh, that you're not sure what day of the week it is or what time of day it is. Um, that's happened to Pam and I. Uh, there's lots of times we're not sure what day it is or what time it is. And, and I almost spent a couple of appointments because I was just lost in the moment. And, and so that can happen too. What I want to say is times like this can have an effect on us. And we need to know that. And so interestingly, now I, I think this is so God, get ready. This message was planned way back before the crisis hit. We didn't even know it was coming. But we did know that this part of 2 Corinthians would apply so well uh, on a Mother's Day because we're going to talk about this thing called resilience. Uh, and the Bible teaches in 2 Corinthians how to have resilience in times of trouble. And we didn't even know the corona crisis was coming. We knew this chapter would fall on this day. I believe, moms, you want your kids to have resilience. I believe, moms, you want your husband to have resilience. I believe, mom, you want to have resilience. Uh, you want to have resilience. Because why? It's one of the keys to living an effective life. It is a major factor in your living an effective, successful life. And so we are going to talk about that now right from, right from what Paul tells us, and I want to get to who Paul is in a minute, in this incredible letter that we're studying called 2 Corinthians. But uh, resilience, without a doubt, is, is one of those things that brings about uh, a success in life. And so what is resilience? I want to illustrate it for you. Ready? Okay, get ready. Get ready. You're about to see resilience. Watch. 
When I hit him, he pops right back up. Uh, that's resilience. Uh, and so uh, when you get hit, you come back. When you get hit, you come back. That's being resilient. In Proverbs 24, 16, it says the righteous man falls seven times, but always rises again. So the Bible teaches a righteous person should be a resilient person. So when you get hit by something, then what happens is you come right back. Uh, and that's what we want you to be aware of. By the way, uh, I, I think this is kind of fun. Uh, my assistant, I found out, has this <laughs> in her office, <laughs> Tracy. Uh, so whenever I frustrate her, Bam! <laughs> you notice it has a beard and everything. Uh, by the way, I'm kidding. That's not really true. But, but here's the thing. Just like that punching bag comes right back. God wants you to come right back. God's desire as you can. And this is kind of cool. Uh, we know that in counseling, uh, lots of times in counseling, I and other counselors, we actually assess people's resilience. We want to know how resilient they are. And when it's low... We can raise it. There are things we could do to raise it. Now, it's also really cool to know the Bible already taught this. The Bible already shows what we need. Now, now it's uh, for all of you who aren't aware of it, uh, I've been studying a lot on counseling and, and, and human behavior and psychology. And the thing that keeps intriguing me is the fact that our most recent discoveries... Uh, the research shows that the Bible's accurate and true. The Bible taught it all along. But right now, psychology today, more than ever, is backing up what the Bible says. And so I, I want you to think about that. Uh, a woman named Dr. Froma Walsh is considered by many the expert on resilience. Uh, she is one of the founders of the Chicago Center for Family Health. Uh, she is an expert especially on family resilience because you can be resilient as a person, you can be resilient as a family. Uh, you can be resilient as an organization. By the way, what I'm going to talk about today can help your job. Can help, if you own a business, it can help your place of business. Uh, but, and, and by the way, churches need to have resilience. Crossroads needs to be a resilient church. What is the definition she came up with? And I think it's an interesting one. Based on her research, she said resilience is the capacity to rebound from adversity. It's that popping back up. Uh, the capacity to rebound from adversity, strengthened and more resourceful. Now that's a big deal. You don't just come back, you come back better and you come back stronger. And again, God can make that true for you. I want you to be aware of that. It is an active process of endurance, self-writing and growth in response to crisis and challenge. And we're in that right now, aren't we? Months ago, I thought, God, I want to bring this message. And I didn't know this is what we'd be facing, how we'd be living. But we can get there. We can come back more resourceful, strengthened, better, stronger. Resilience is the functioning, not at the same level, but at a higher level. That's what Dr. Walsh found. That not only when you come back, you actually function at a higher level, stronger level, better level, living better. And so here's the thing that's interesting. Now, again, if you're new, if you're kind of joining with us, which we're so glad you are, listen to this. Her research found. So right now, what I'm about to talk to you is a very, very well done research. Uh, so this is my, my opinion. By the way, it's not her opinion. It's based on research. Her research found that the heart and soul of resilience is found in your belief system. So there's a master key to resilience. Uh, there's a master key that unlocks it in your life, 
unleashes it in your life. And it's the belief system you live by. And she calls out three things about that. So I want you to think about it. Uh, She said, number one, people who are resilient uh, have a solid belief system where they make meaning out of crisis and adversity. They make meaning out of crisis and adversity. And and so, uh, in other words, right now, You might say, okay, Chuck, what do you mean by that? Well, we as a church have found out something. We believe in God. We believe in God uh, that he has called this church into being and all churches into being. And we believe the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Right now, the church is winning. Right now, the church is stronger. Let me say this, you guys. The church is not closed. The church is not closed. Crossroads doesn't need to open because we're not closed. We're unleashed. We're going out. We're reaching more people. Our family is more active and more interactive together. We're making a greater impact right now in the world. So you know what? We're winning. And and we're seeing God make meaning out of a time like this. And I believe we're a better church than we've ever been before. And, And so what I want you to know is a sign of resilience, though, is you make meaning out of times of adversity or challenge. The next thing is this. You have to have a belief system that has a positive outlook. You have to have a positive outlook. So you know what that means is right now is we walk by faith and not by sight. We have a a belief in a God who will cause all things to work together for good if you love him. And so we do that. But this is the third one. Okay, so she said there's three things uh, that have uh, have to do with your belief system. So if I'm assessing you on how you are in resilience, I want to know, are you making meaning out of a crisis or adversity? Do you go right to doing that? Second is, do you have a positive outlook? Get ready for three. Are you tied? Now, this is Dr. Walsh and her research. Resilient people are tied to faith and spirituality. Resilient people are tied to a solid faith and practice of spirituality. Now, I think that's really intriguing because we know that to be true, that when you are close to Jesus and and following him and and practicing and living life with him, that you're going to be resilient. And that's what Paul's going to get out in a moment. We're going to get there. But that's what I want you to know the research shows. So do you want to be more resilient? Do you want to help people around you be more resilient? We're going to talk about the how now to get that to be true for you. But I want to tell you who Paul is first. Paul was incredibly resilient. The Bible is written by people that God inspired to put down the message he put down. So all of the Bible's actually from God, but he used different people to write the message. And, and Paul is one of those people. Paul at one time was an enemy of the church. He, he, was, he would do anything to destroy the church. And then Jesus knocked him to the ground and he ended up committing his life to Christ. And by the way, this is one of the historical proofs the Bible's true and Jesus is real because Paul had nothing to gain from this conversion. As a matter of fact, he had everything to lose. He would lose popularity, he would lose position, he would lose wealth, he would lose power, uh, he, he, he would have people threatening his life, he would be under constant criticism. Man, when you're criticized continually and constantly, it takes an emotional toll on you. By the way, anybody out there right now, do you feel like that, man, criticism and attacks are always coming your way and you're, it takes an emotional toll on you? And you know it. Paul underwent that. But what did he do? He always bounced back. He came back better. He came back stronger. He came back more resolved. And and that's what Paul did. This guy went through things you can't imagine. 
He had the emotional toll of criticism, but he had a physical toll. He was shipwrecked and then bitten by a snake. <laughs> okay, anybody, we just saw a snake at our house the other day, and Pam almost stepped on it, freaked her out. Could you imagine? Paul got bit by the snake, and it was a poisonous snake. Uh, he ended up coming back from that and being stronger. He was beaten times without number. He was lost at sea for nearly two days, and he was stoned. I don't mean drugs. <laughs> yeah, that would, getting high would not be a sign of resilience. It'd be the opposite. Uh, but he was stoned like with rocks. And you know what happened is they were so mad at him for what he was saying and preaching. They, not little stones. They didn't take pebbles, big old stones and hit him and hit him and hit him until they thought he was dead. And they all go back into the town they're in. And he just gets up and goes back and keeps preaching and starts winning them to the Lord. This guy was resilient, so he lived it. He modeled it, and now he's going to talk about it. And Paul calls, first of all, for all Christians, all Christ followers, to have resilience. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, no, a new way to live, a new way to live, we never give up. We never give up. That's resilience. We never, ever, ever give up. Our, our faith in Jesus brings us to a place where we have this thing called transcendence. Now, what is transcendence? That means when you're connected to something beyond yourself, you're going to have a power from God that's bigger than you, that's, that's only from Him. You're going to have a relationship with God and have a bigger purpose and a bigger cause and Paul said, because of that, we never, ever give up. I want you to look at this word, therefore. Therefore, whenever you're studying, this is a big deal, get ready. Whenever you're studying the Bible and you see a therefore, ask what it's there for. Get it? <laughs> I like that. I don't know why I really like that. Whenever you see a therefore, what's it there for? Well, the therefore refers back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where he said, because we're, we find freedom in Christ, because we find transformation in Christ, therefore, we never give up. Uh, because it's real, we're really interacting with the Lord. Therefore, we never, ever give up. And, and, and so Paul's digging into that. And so we need to be that way in this season during this time, I want to call for you to be a never give up person. We're going to show you how to get that, but I hope that's you. Vince Lombardi said this, winners never quit. Uh, Winston Churchill said in 1941, never give in, never, 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 never in nothing great or small, large or petty. Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. So Paul said this, you know what? Christians never give up. And you might ask, okay, why don't we ever give up? Well, let me tell you number one. Uh, number one is because we rely on absolute truth. Remember Dr. Walsh said this, you have to have a, a tie to a good belief system and you have to have a real solid belief system and Christians have that. And so why are we resilient? Because we rely on absolute truth. And all the Christ followers out there, you want to be more resilient? Make sure you're relying on absolute truth. If you're new to all this, this is a game changer for you. Absolute truth. Absolute truth. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says, We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or, this is the big deal, distort the Word of God. Why? Because we rely on the Word of God. So we don't distort the Word of God. We don't shade the Word of God. Uh, we don't hide out uh, from what the Word of God says. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. 
One of the things I'll guarantee you is this, is we're going to be a church that preaches the truth. We're going to be a church that teaches the truth. One of our core values as Crossroads is this. We are passionate about God's word being our ultimate authority. And so, you know what? That means at times I'm going to say things that some people aren't going to like. And I don't do it just to be um, controversial. I don't do it to make you uncomfortable but I'm not going to preach to please you. All of our pastors are that way. We are going to preach what God's word says. Why? Because we rely on absolute truth in a society that doesn't know it. And when you don't get the message correct, you can mess up everything. Uh, Messing up the message messes up everything. I don't know if you heard about the guy who was down on his luck, didn't have much money, but he had a friend who did. His friend was more successful than ever, doing really well. And so he went and visited him. And he said, hey, can I, can I find a way to earn some money from you? And the guy goes, oh, I'll just give it to you. He goes, no, 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 no. No, I want to earn it. He goes, if you don't need me to do anything, I won't. But if you have a job, man, I want to earn the money. And, and, and his friend goes, okay, um, you know what? I, I have some paint on the, on the back, out in the back. And, and I, I need my porch uh, painted. If you paint my porch, I'll pay you. And so the guy goes back and he does all this work, comes back a couple hours later, he's just covered in paint. And he said, all right, I painted your Porsche. Can now, can I paint your Mercedes? (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) This is why I'm glad I'm alone because I think that is so funny. And I have a feeling if you guys were all here with me live, man, you wouldn't be laughing, but it's, I think that's funny. You know, if you do, let me know in the chat, but, but, Painted as Porsche, not porch. Get, if you got to get the message right, or it could be a disaster. And uh, we need to be people that do that. And so we cling to this truth. We believe in this truth. We value this truth. Do you know what's kind of amazing to know? And I think that's a good word. Is over the, the thousands of years of church history, people have lived for the Bible and died for the Bible. There have been people who've died for what the Bible says, or even for owning a Bible. But we love it that much. We cling to it. We live by it. We cherish it. And that's why when you keep having that attitude, you'll find yourself resilient. And in times of adversity and challenge, you'll come back better, stronger, and more focused than ever. And that's what God wants us to do. Uh, But I want you to know, not everybody can accept the truth of the Bible. Some people are blinded to it. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says that. He goes, if the good news, the the truth of Scripture, we preach is hidden behind a veil. Somehow people can't see it like it's behind a veil. It is hidden only from people who are perishing. In other words, people who know God, they can see the truth. People who don't know God, they very often open the Bible. It doesn't make any sense to them. And then it says another reason why Satan, the devil, who is the God of this world. By the way, Satan's the God of this world. Uh, it doesn't mean he's a God, but this world follows him. This world loves his ways. The sexual immorality, the sex trafficking, the, the not caring for the poor, the not valuing life in the womb or outside the womb. Those are all him. The one who brings death and slander and lies. Um, He's the God of this world. Has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't even understand it. This message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact 
likeness of God. Jesus came to reveal who God really is, the exact likeness of him. And it says Satan has blinded people from being able to see these truths and know what these mean. The word Satan actually means the slanderer, the adversary. And he right now is the one who's trying to attack you, tell you you're not good enough, tell you you don't matter, tell you you can't make it. Those are all slanderous things. And when you rely on the absolute truth, of Jesus, you hear things like you're more than a conqueror, you'll always triumph in Christ, uh, that you are loved, that you are valued, that you're worth dying for. And you know what? God wants you to be his child. And uh, that's what I want you to know. That's what I want you to know. And God wants your eyes open to this. He wants you to see it. Uh, But some people can't see it. Um, one time here in Corona, there was a guy who was a lifeguard at the, the pool here and, and got to know him. He was an atheist, uh, young college guy, good guy. And we were talking and he goes, I'll be honest with you, Chuck. He goes, man, I open up the Bible. It just makes no sense to me. Guy was sharp. He goes, when I read it, it doesn't make any sense. And I said, I'll tell you why you don't have the Holy Spirit. See, when you become a Christian, God actually gives you the Holy Spirit. He makes you a new creation, born again, and you're born again because the Holy Spirit comes inside you. I said, that's why you can't understand it. I said, but I'm going to challenge you to do something. I know you don't mind, I want to do it. I'm going to challenge you to do it. I said, would you pray, even though you don't believe, would you pray? And would you say, Jesus, if you're real, help me understand this. He said, okay. That night, that night he called me up and goes, oh my goodness, It makes so much sense. You know why? Because the Bible, even though I do believe it's the most well-written book ever, it's meant to be understood spiritually. Uh, It's meant to be understood as God teaches you and guides you. But we got to rely on that truth and we got to live by that truth and, and, and make that who we are and what we do. So resilience happens when I have a great belief system because I'm relying on truth, the truth of God, the absolute truth of God. So number one, I rely on absolute truth. Number two, I have resilience because Jesus is in charge. That's where that transcendence happens. That spiritual practice occurs because Jesus is in charge. And Paul wants you and I to know that. In 2 Corinthians 4, 5, he says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. Uh, That's not what we do at the church here. Uh, I and all the other teaching pastors, we're going to use a lot of scripture, a lot of scripture. Now, why? Because we want you to hear what God's word says, not what we believe. It's not about our opinion. It's about what God says. And so we don't preach ourselves in our own opinion. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. So here's the centrality of the message that Jesus is in charge. Jesus is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Now the word Lord, the word Lord means ultimate loyalty and ultimate authority. So I have an ultimate loyalty to Jesus because he's my ultimate authority. And so he's in charge. He's in charge. Uh, By the way, Mother's Day, how many of you moms out there have have used this line before? You said, you know why you need to do it? Because I'm your mother. (laughs) In other words, I'm in charge and I know better than you do. Uh, Or how about this one? My mom used to say, you know what? I don't care what everybody else is doing. I'm your mom. And I, did anybody else have that? You know, I don't, and I, didn't, I go, mom, but all my friends, they get to go do this. They can stay out that late. My mom goes, I don't care. I'm your mom. And you know what Jesus is saying to you? Because I love you. Because I really do know what's best for you. Because I know what's coming. And I know the consequences. 
I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. And you know what? So the, the message is Jesus is in charge and get ready this. He's in charge of me and those of us who follow him because we love him. Because we love him. Paul said, remember, we preach Christ Jesus is Lord and that we're his bondservant. Bondservant's a very interesting idea. It means that you have chosen to be his servant and serve him out of love. Now, this is the big key here. We serve him, not out of fear, but out of love. Uh, Back uh, in Exodus, back in the law, uh, God put in place a way to help people who had become burdened by debt and and overwhelmed in debt. By the way, listen to this because it's a pretty cool system. Uh, So what would happen is this. If you had so much debt you couldn't repay it, you could go to somebody who had had wealth and say to them, can I become your servant for the next seven years? You can never serve longer. Seven years was it, never go. No matter how much you owe, never longer than seven years. So you could say, you know what? I want to serve you for seven years. And during that seven years that you serve, uh, you would live with them. They would provide for you. They would protect you. They would uh, uh, probably teach you things you didn't know. Uh, They would make you a part of their family. And at the end of seven years, they would pay off all your debt and uh, they would give you enough money to start out anew. Uh, That's a pretty good system. Uh, I think that's a great system, by the way. So what would happen, though, is a lot of people at the end of seven years are like, I don't want to leave. I mean, this is too good a deal. <laughs> I, I mean, they provide for me. They protect me. I love them. I, I don't feel like a servant now. I feel like a part of the family. I don't want to go. So you had an out, and it's this. You could go to this master who's, who's taking care of you, and you could say, I don't want to leave. I love you. And if you plainly say you love them, they could declare that now you're their bond servant for life. And now they do take responsibility for you, watch over you, and care for you. They also get to, to tell you what to do, but you're theirs. And, and, and so if someone loved their master, and by the way, in Exodus, it said, if the slave plainly says, I love my master, then what happens is you lived your life with them and for them. So here's what I want to tell you is that Jesus is in charge of my life because I love him. Jesus is in charge of my, my wife's life because she loves him. Uh, uh, the people, a part of the Crossroads family who committed to the Lord, we do it because we love him. Matter of fact, right now in the chat, any of you in the chat want to say, I love him. I love him. I love him. And that's why I serve him. And, and you know what? That's who we are. And when he's in charge, that gives me resilience because uh, I have a tie to something bigger than myself. I'm, in a, I'm practicing real spirituality at that point. And so we begin to experience Jesus that way. And so we get to have that be true of us. Um, by the way, in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it says this. But what does it say? And the it is what the word of faith. What does the word of faith say? The, the message of the Bible say. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, that he's your ultimate authority, and you give him ultimate loyalty. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then it goes on to say, for with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness... With the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever, 
Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. That doesn't mean you won't have any disappointment in your life, but overall, you won't be disappointed when you, you give your life to Jesus. I've never been disappointed by Jesus. And in this season, I need him. I need him to carry me through, to guide me, to show me things. And he does that. He does that. So right now, I want to live out what it means that Jesus is Lord. Uh, let me give you an example of that. Uh, we're 51 days uh, into the Safer at Home order. So at the time I, I'm sharing this with you, we're 51 days in the Safer at Home time. And I feel like my house is shrinking. It feel like we're bumping into each other more. Anybody else feel like you're bumping into each other more? Like you can't find a place that's just yours? And it's just Pam and I and my son Tim right now. Uh, and you know, I notice Pam and I tend to want to go and stand in the same spot, go do. And I, I started to notice it. I, I'll get honest. I got frustrated. I'm like, really? You have to be in here now? And I love my wife. And then the, the Lord put a check on me. Wait, I can't do that because Jesus is Lord. I have to treat her the way Jesus would want me to treat her. So I just thought, no frustration, uh, no getting that kind of childlike attitude that's childish. I have to put that on the shelf. And I had to look and say, nope, I'm going to love my wife because Jesus is Lord. So I'm going to do that because he's Lord. So guess what I started doing? Whenever she ended up in the spot I wanted to be, I gave her a hug and it turned into joy. <laughs> Yeah, it really did. And it just was so good. So good. So is he your Lord? If he's your Lord, your attitudes belong to Jesus, your actions belong to Jesus, your time belongs to Jesus, your finances belong to Jesus, and your entire life belongs to Jesus. Because he's your Lord. And if Jesus is in charge and you're relying on truth, you know what's going to happen? Uh, you're going to have resilience. And then number three, number three, we have supernatural power. So because we have the truth and Jesus is in charge, Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit and we have supernatural power. And that gives us resilience because we now can endure anything and we will come back better, stronger, more focused, and more effective. And so when we accept that message, that happens to us. He gives us that power. In 2 Corinthians, it goes on to say this, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made the light shine in our hearts. So we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay, uh, clay jars containing this great treasure. By the way, he's saying your body, my body is a fragile clay jar. And, and by the way, it is. But inside that clay jar now is what? Is the Holy Spirit that's put inside of us. It's a great treasure. And this makes it clear that our great power, our not just power, great power is not from ourselves. You'll have a power beyond you from God in all times, but especially times of need. And Paul said, this is a great treasure. Uh, by the way, an example of that would be on April the 3rd, 1991, a man went to a flea market in Pennsylvania and he saw a picture frame with an ugly picture in it. And what he decided is he wanted the frame. He paid $4, not because he wanted the picture, he wanted the frame. It was a cheap frame anyway, but he wanted it. When he got home and took the picture apart, he discovered a verified, later verified, first printing of the Declaration of Independence. That cheap $4 frame contained the Declaration of Independence valued at nearly a million dollars. A great treasure. 
a great treasure inside something fragile and old. You know what, right now, if you're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ, you have a presence and power beyond yourself. And, and, and that gives you incredible resilience. And then it brings us to the next thing. And that's this. We are not controlled by circumstances. One reason we have resilience is because we have supernatural power and we're not controlled by our circumstances. Uh, and you and I uh, need to make sure that's true of who we are. A lot of people are controlled by their circumstances. How are you doing right now? Do the circumstances dictate your attitude or does your love for God and the power of God determine your attitude? How are you coping? Is your faith growing stronger or weaker? Do you have more joy or less? God wants you to have more. Do you see the possibilities or can you only see the problems? Are you modeling for your children strength and resilience or are you giving in to things that could bring harm like drugs? alcohol, anger, or fear? Are you getting better? And God wants you to get better. Because if you follow God, he's going to make you the best you you can imagine. And that's what God wants for you. Paul wasn't controlled by his circumstances. Paul was a get back up kind of guy. Paul was the kind of guy that when they hit him, Man, he's coming back. He's coming back. You know why? Because he had a foundation. The reason this pops up, it has a foundation that is stronger than he is. And so when you get hit, you come right back. And that's what God wants for you. Look at how Paul was a comeback kind of guy. He said, we are pressed on, uh, pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We're perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. And the Lord says that's what's true, which brings us to our last point right now, that fifth one. Not only are we not controlled by our circumstances, we have an eternal perspective. Paul, in that last verse I just read, told you, he said, you know what? Uh, we find eternal life in us and we live for eternity, not for temporal things, not for that which will pass away, but for that which will never pass away. And that kind of hope gives us resilience because I can tell you this, this time will pass. My life will pass. And one day I will stand in the presence of God in a place of no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering and only love, joy, and God's, God's acceptance. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16, he says, that is why we never give up. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles, notice this, look at this for this time we live in. Our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Wow. So we don't look at the troubles. We don't look at the troubles. I'm going to say that again. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Will last forever. 
And so God, God's great desire is for you and I to have our eyes on eternity, our thoughts on eternity, our investment in eternity. Because it's coming. It's coming. And what's happening right now will pass. We've been through times of crisis before and we've gotten through them. You have probably, for sure, I have. And you know what? As a country we have, as a world we have, and there's another side coming. In the end, Jesus Christ is coming. And it's all gonna, it's all gonna be his. But the question is, where are you? Are you a person living with these five truths? Are you a person who's resilient because you are tied to faith? to a love with Jesus, a spiritual practice of living life with him. And a lot of people aren't. And then they get confronted by something bigger than them, too difficult to handle. And you know what they do? They call out to God. And let me tell you the good news. God always answers. God never runs from you. He always runs to you. And if you were facing something you thought was the worst moment of your life, Jesus can turn it into the best one. And some of you right now need that. And there's a man who we just cherish in our church family, Mark and his daughter McKenna and their whole family. And I want you to hear Mark's story. Where'd we go? Up, up the canyon, up Bedford Canyon. Up Bedford Canyon in reverse. I stepped on the throttle. Throttle got stuck down and we fell 350 feet off of a cliff. Probably about 20, 30 minutes after, after the accident, I get my stepdaughter out of the side by side. And at that point in time, I needed to find a phone. I needed help. Um, and I'm trying to find my phone. I can't find my phone. At that point in time, I'm, I'm, something's talking to me and telling me that I need to find a path. And in the Bible, it says a lot about paths. And I, I didn't realize that at that point in time because I had it all figured out. I didn't need um, God. I, I'm, a, I'm a fireman. I have it figured out. I got this. And at that point in time, I realized that uh, I needed something bigger than myself because it wasn't just me that was going to be able to rescue me and her. So I, I, I started turning around to find this path. And there was multiple ways I could have gone, but the one path I took led me to the top of the hill and I couldn't go any further. And that's when I said a prayer to God and asked for help. Within a moment, the, the phone started ringing and it was no more than five feet away from me in a bush. And I picked up the phone, it was my wife, and we were able to contact 911 and um, we were we were rescued um, and I really don't think we were rescued by the fire department I, I think we were rescued by God I was put in a coma I was in the coma for um, a week um, an induced coma and um, I I personally don't remember the hospital she didn't have a fractured skull um, what she did have was a um, internal injury and it's when your brain bounces around in your head um, uncontrollably it it shatters the neurons within your head I mean every day I would wake up in the hospital room with McKenna and I would 
pray. And my prayer would be, if this is all we get today, I'm very thankful. And every day something new would happen. Every day she would grow stronger. Every day new physical attributes were happening for her again, which is what solidified my belief in God. You're fine. Can we now let's turn? Can you turn towards me? Yes. Okay, big steps for me. Put your hip into it. <laughs> I had to learn how to walk, talk, eat, everything all over again. I had to go to rehab. Where are we going? Health bridge. I went to physical therapy. I had to go back to speech to learn my memory, to help my memory more. My wife and I had the same belief that, you know, we don't go to church on Sundays. We're not into that. But the weekend that we came out of after 21 days of being in the hospital, with McKenna and myself, we walked out and that Sunday we came to church. And the Crossroads family is the first church that I've ever been to that actually drew me in and made me want to come back for more. And I watched my family grow stronger from going to church and having and realizing that that you can't solve it all on your own. And and you there's a there's a greater faith to believe in that's going to get you through. My life definitely changed and and that's when I was baptized I can I can see it now he's given me so much he gave me a second chance at life and I I couldn't be more thankful for it and that has convinced me and influenced me to go into the medical career and pursue being a trauma nurse so I can help others and share my story to them to influence them that you know it just to keep going and to never give up. Man, we are so blessed to have um, Mark McKenna. Their whole family is a part of our church. I'll never forget the day that McKenna got baptized because I walked up, I was going to baptize her, and uh, uh, Mark looked at me right away and said, she's a true miracle, and, and she is. And God worked, and that is a miracle moment where they called out to God, and, and God came through. I want you to think about part of what Mark said. Mark said the word path is in the Bible, and it is. It's the idea that we would walk a path with God. We go on the journey with God. In his case, it was so real because he could have got up from that wreck with his daughter facing real possibility of dying. And, and he could have gone on any path, but only one path would lead to a place that she would be saved. When he would walk the one path of many that brought him to where the cell phone would ring at the moment he got there. And in and, and that moment, his wife had felt like something's wrong. I got a call. I got a call. And she called right as he is there. And it resulted in her being saved. And it resulted in then all being saved into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about it. God orchestrates things like that. Uh, back when we planned this, we had no idea that we'd be talking about resilience in a time of such great need. We had no idea we'd be talking in the way we're talking and interrelating with you. And God knew where you'd be sitting in this very moment. And there's some of you God's looking at right now with eyes of love because he loves you. And he wants you to say yes to him. 
He wants you to come to know him. He wants you to have faith that's real in a relationship with real where Jesus Christ is your Lord, your ultimate authority because you give ultimate loyalty. And I want to ask you right now, are you ready to open your heart to him? Some of you for the first time, some of you to recommit, but this could be your moment. And I know right now God wants it to be, but he always gives you a choice. That's why if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If means you have a choice. If means you can choose. And right now, what do you need to do? You need to actually say a prayer. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Say to him, I want to give my life to you. I want to know your love. I want to be forgiven. I want to be yours completely. Pray those words. I'm going to lead a prayer with you right now, and I'm hoping many of you will pray it with me. And then here's what I want you to do. I want you right now to be ready to pray this prayer, either for the first time or to recommit. But then I also want you to do something else. I want you to let me know you're praying this prayer with me by grabbing your phone. And please do that. Grab your phone. Grab your iPad. Grab your computer. However you can message. Go to the message area. And I want you to text AMEN to 69922. Text amen to 69922. Amen means yes. Amen means the truth. And it literally means truly for real. And, and so right now we're keeping it real. And I want this to be real. And something happens when you not only pray the prayer, but you're confessing, I'm doing it by texting amen. So right now you matter. Right now we care about you. Right now we don't want this to be anonymous. We want it to be real. And we want to be able to share things with you after this. But text amen to 69922. And uh, we're going to pray this prayer. And so right now, I hope a bunch of you are texting and getting it out there. Again, you can do it alone. Uh, you could right now look at the people in the room with you going, I'm going to pray it. Anybody want to do it with me? You could do it as a married couple. Man, right now, why not, why not call out to God as a couple? Why not do it as a family? Why not experience this the way he wants? Uh, maybe you, a whole family could do it. We've had that happen too. Friends can do it. Uh, you know what? Right now you can say, man, I'm doing it. Let's do it as friends. But everybody get ready. You text that out and, and say amen to 69922. And then, and then we're going to pray this prayer. And it matters. It matters. If you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. You draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. So I want to pray for you before we lead that prayer. And I'm going to ask everybody out there, uh, part of the Crossroads family, would you pray for people to say yes to God? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray right now for any man or woman or guy or girl, for couples, for families that need to pray this prayer together. They need to say yes to you. They need to open up to you. I pray for a person who's so filled with fear, they've started to get very, very angry. They just sit seething. And it's not going to do them any good, but it is going to do them harm. And right now, Lord, if they could just open up to you, you're going to start to show them how to come through this better and stronger. And I pray that they're just going to let that go. And I think right now this person's wife is just in her mind saying, let him do it, let him do it, let him do it. And I pray he's going to do it. I pray right now for somebody who's hurting because in this season that's already hard, someone did something very hurtful to them. And uh, they can't believe it happened. They can't believe they did it. They didn't see it coming. 
And right now, Lord, they need to pray this prayer and find healing. I pray for a person who's sitting here, then they are down, they are low, they need this resilience, they need to be lifted up, and they need this power that's beyond them. I pray they're going to pray this prayer right now. So God, right now, I believe you're stirring. I believe people are getting ready to say yes to you. Oh God, it's so exciting. Because while I can't see them, you can. And Lord, they, I hope they can sense your presence right now. I want to say praise God for all of you who've already texted in. Amen, man. We're so excited for you. And we're going to pray this prayer together. If you haven't texted it yet, go ahead and do it because you do matter. You are worth waiting for. So just text over and let me know. But a bunch of you have right now. And and I want you to know when we pray these words and mean them, something happens. And so I get so excited for what you're about to experience. But let's pray this prayer together. Say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me and you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and shame. And I pray, think about this line. I pray you're going to free me from anything that would hold me down or hold me back. Set me free. Set me free. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So please, fill me with your spirit and make me yours completely. Because this I pray in Jesus' name, amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. And if you prayed that prayer, praise God. And if you think, man, I should have prayed that prayer, go ahead and pray it, but text in, amen, to 69922. Why? Because you matter to us. And we want to share things with you that can make a difference in your walk with God and, and being a part of a church family. So amen to 69922. But you know what? Again, happy Mother's Day. Thank you that we got to be together. I want you to know that our hope and desire is this week you would grow stronger and you would find resilience being a definition of who you are. That God's spirit, God's love, and God's joy be with you, with your friends, with your family, with all of you. And right now, Casey has some closing thoughts. Hey, thanks again for watching this message. And if you're watching outside of Corona, California, where our campus is, I want to personally invite you to gather your friends and your family to be part of our extended family by joining us right here online again next week. We're live on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. So if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss out on new messages from Crossroads. If you found yourself thinking, I wish so-and-so was watching this right now, this message is for them, then hit that share button and send it to them so they can be encouraged. And finally, if your life is being impacted by the ministry of Crossroads, and if you want to be part of making an impact all over the world, then you can text GIVING to 69922 to make a financial gift today. Well, thanks again for watching. We'll see you again next week.